This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix. Your time for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Hello, Andrew. Hey, Monica. We are recording this on April 21st, so it's the day after 420. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked you at the beginning of our last episode, which is, are you okay? (laughs) I am perfectly okay. I actually went to work in the morning of 420, so nothing happened. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that everything's fine. Thanks for checking. Andrew, how was your 420? It was fine. I mean, I haven't had a weekend where I was on lockdown Uh, at all. All right. You don't need to brag, all right? It wasn't nearly as interesting as yours, I'm sure. Yeah, you'd be kind of hard-pressed for that. But I heard you were at a film festival, so that's nice. Yes. By the time this episode is posted, the... River Run International Film Festival will have finished, uh, so you can expect lots of interviews from that to be posted over the next month or so. Yay. And now I just, I kind of just want to take a nap, because April has been nothing but film festival stuff <laughs> for the past three weeks. And my next film festival's coming up, so watch out. Yes. I, I am exhausted I I have seen more movies over the past three weeks than I had in all of the rest of 2013, so <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty wiped out. But Fair. this is episode number 46 of Cinema Fix, focused on the movie Oblivion. If you're new to Cinema Fix, basically this is the show on Film Geek Radio uh, focused on in-depth discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. We are here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about the movies, and each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part, which you're listening to right now, is a 10-minute long spoiler-free review of the film. That way you can get an idea of what we thought about it and whether or not it's worth your time to check out. The second part is a much more in-depth analytical discussion that does contain spoilers. So if you've seen the film and you would appreciate that kind of conversation about what works and what doesn't, definitely listen to part two. This week we're going to be talking about Oblivion. Monica, why don't you go ahead and give our listeners a little information about the film? I'll try. Uh, it was written and directed by Joseph Kosinski, and he, last thing he did was Tron Legacy. It stars Tom Cruise as Jack Harper, one of the last people left on Earth after a devastating war with aliens known as Scabs. He works with his partner, Victoria, played by Andrea Riceborough, on drone repair while the rest of humanity waits on a space station called the Tet to settle on Titan, one of Saturn's moons. But one day, Jack makes a discovery that completely changes how he views himself and the mission. Dum-dum-dum! What could the discovery be? Nothing good. (laughs) Not with a dun-dun-dun, you don't. (laughs) Here's a clip. I want to go on first thing. Vicar, do you have any memories before the mission? Before the security went? Our job is not to remember. Remember. Do you remember her? Do 
Jack. That was a scarf beacon that brought her down. We don't know who she is. Or what she is. This is part one of our episode on the film Oblivion, so we're just going to take ten minutes to give some general thoughts on the movie. I'm starting the clock now. Monica, what did you think of Oblivion? I mean, it's not every day we get to see a big-budget sci-fi film that's original and not based on another property. Or not a superhero movie. So so what did you think? This is true. But unfortunately, it's also not every day that you get a movie title that uh, makes its own jokes. So <laughs> that's unfortunate. What's wrong with the title, Monica? Other than the fact it really doesn't have much to do with the film. Anything. Anything at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, that's a little bit of an issue. But it sounds cool. No. Oblivion. It sounds like a joke. <laughs> like, I already can't take it seriously. Not that, you know, sci-fi begs to be taken seriously, but... Hey. Hey, from the sci-fi nerd. Alright? So you're saying this movie did not impress you? I was not impressed. Visually, I loved it. I bought into it. And then after about half an hour, I was like, great. So it just looks really cool, but there's nothing really grabbing me into the story. I don't know. I just, it didn't grip me. And even as the story, like, kept going, I'm like, why do I care about these people? I really don't. Like, I don't know. I just, nothing about Tom Cruise's character made me feel invested. I'm sorry you feel that way. I disagree. I actually kind of like this movie overall. I saw that on your Twitter feed and I was like, oh, this is not going to be a fun episode. Uh, it has some problems, which we'll we'll talk about. But overall, for a big-budget sci-fi film, this was a lot better than I was expecting. I had heard that it basically just rips off a bunch of other sci-fi movies, and I, so, so I was expecting it to, to feel really unoriginal. And it does rip off a lot of other movies, but I thought that it took those ideas and handled them in an interesting way overall. The thing that really struck me about the film is it's pretty long. It's over two hours. It's yeah. like two hours and ten minutes, two hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah, because that worked out so well for John Carter. Right, but I, I – well, okay, one, I like John Carter. <laughs> I did too, but that was my biggest complaint was that's a whole lot of movie. It is, but I, I like a lot of movie sometimes. Sometimes. Not when it feels like a whole lot of movie. The thing with Oblivion is, if you've seen the trailer, you know that Morgan Freeman shows up at some point yeah. to, to, to reveal some big secret. Knowledge. That doesn't happen for, like, 45 minutes to an hour yeah. into the movie. Like, the movie takes its time to get there. And I really appreciated that. I, I, I really liked how it just took the time to establish the mood and the atmosphere and set up the relationship between this guy, Jack Harper, and, and his partner, Victoria, and what exactly they're doing. Not to be confused with Jack Reacher. Right, right. This is the third time I think Tom Cruise has played a character named Jack. Just Jack. <laughs> but yeah, I, I liked how it took its time and, and sort of let you get used to the visual style and, 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 and the rhythm of how life works here in 2077 or whatever year it is. Mm -hmm. And I thought it did a really good job just 
building the world in that first uh, 40 to 45 minutes. Now, once that big reveal with Morgan Freeman comes and there's a few more twists, it's at that point that the movie starts to to get a bit rocky, mm-hmm. I think, and it's just structured very awkwardly at times. Yeah. And and you can tell that there's a lot of information the writers have, and there's a lot of secrets and twists, and they don't quite figure out how to best reveal them. And it, it feels a little bit confusing at times and a little bit clunky, but at the end of it, I, I enjoyed myself, and I had a really good time. And I, you know, for for a sci-fi film that costs $120 million from the director of Tron Legacy, it has some of the same problems as Tron Legacy and a few plot holes and a few things that should have been developed a little bit more. But overall, I liked it. Um, I liked it a lot more than Tron Legacy. I think Joseph Kaczynski is going to be an interesting director to follow. And just visually, there's some really incredible cinematography in this film. So. I kind of give, I'll give you incredible cinematography in that it was a smarter Prometheus, if you will. I didn't think that the characters were dumb at any point. It's not as messy as Prometheus. It's a, yeah, not as messy, but it's still, so my biggest problem with Tron Legacy is that it made me hate the main character, which is what you follow so much in the first one. And it took out a lot of the aspects that I thought made the whole Tron movie very appealing to me. Right. The whole users and programs interface sort of thing. But anyways, um, so he took away a lot of the humanity in Tron. And so the fact that I also found a lack of humanity in Oblivion also was just like, oh, well, of course, because it's this guy. I, I actually thought there was a lot more humanity in, in Oblivion. I felt pretty invested in Tom Cruise's character and in his journey to sort of figure out who he is and what the truth is behind what he's doing. I liked the relationship between him and Victoria and later on the relationship between him and uh, Olga Kurilenko's character Sure. later on in the film. And, and overall, I was a lot more emotionally connected with them mm-hmm. than than I was with anybody in Tron Legacy, which I agree, most of the characters in that movie were very, very bland. Two-dimensional. I mean, in Oblivion, they didn't always execute the, the, the character development perfectly. Yeah. But overall, I still found myself intrigued and, invest- and invested and, and, and pretty curious to figure out what was going on. No. <laughs> no, I guess did it we, work for you. It, it, it just it didn't do much for me. I felt bored by the end of it. I think it was the first one, the first relationship with um with Andrea um Victoria Victoria is the character's name. I thought the big reveal, well, the reveal over that was more jarring than what happened afterwards. I thought um Olga's relationship was just not as believable, or it just it didn't feel like it was there. I didn't feel like he was invested. Uh, I just didn't buy it. I don't know if it was a lack of chemistry or so. It just felt like two co-workers on, on a set. Okay, we, we can talk about that. Yeah. And there's also those plot holes we're going to talk about in part two. I agree with you. The second half of the film is a lot messier than the first. Yeah. But overall, I was still 
it, it, it never irritated me to the point where I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I really don't care what, yeah. what, what happens or what, uh, what the ultimate resolution is. You know, even when I was annoyed at how they were handling certain things, I still wanted to figure out what was going on and I still wanted to see how it would all be resolved, uh, in the end. It kept my interest for two hours and 10 minutes. Okay. Which is more than I can say about a lot of movies. I know. Our our standards <laughs> are getting so high. <laughs> it's been a pretty weak year so far for mainstream cinema. Now we're finally starting to see some, some interesting movies come out. And I would consider Oblivion one of the more interesting mainstream films. Yeah, but I've you know it's, it's not going to end up in your top ten at the end of the year. Probably not. Yeah. No. All right. Maybe, possibly, is one of my more un- most underrated okay. films because I, I, I think a lot of critics aren't quite giving it the credit it deserves. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about some more about mm-hmm. what's going on in, in sure. part two. Um, is there anything else you want to say about Oblivion? We'll, we'll get to it. So you would not recommend that people check it out. I, you can watch. I mean, rent it. I'd say go see it on the big screen just because. Uh, there's the visuals are pretty. Pictures are pretty. Don't expect to sit there and have to. I mean, you would probably have to sit there and explain it to your kid if you took them to. What's going <laughs> on? I don't understand. Right. Why is Morgan Freeman mad? Yeah, don't take your kids. But if you like science fiction and you want to see an, a fairly interesting original sci-fi movie with some good visuals. Yeah, go check it out. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that'll wrap it up for part one of our episode on Oblivion here on Cinema Fix. Don't forget to tune into part two of our discussion for a much more in-depth look at the film. And don't forget to tune in next week when we will be discussing Pain and Gain. Oh, dear God. The latest masterpiece from auteur Michael Bay. <sighs> You had to use the word auteur. <laughs> I, I knew that that would piss you off, so of course I had to say it. <laughs> All right. We would love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes. So if you like this episode, please write us a review. That would really help us get the word out about the program. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate your help. And don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including The Thin Place and Let's Get Real. Monica, where can people find you online? People can find me online on the Twitter at MCASTIMovies. That's M-C-A-S-T-I movies. They can also find a majority of my work also reposted on the Boston Online Film Critics Association website at BOFCA.com. You can find some of my writing at filmgeekradio.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. That'll wrap it up for this episode. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Monica Castillo. And have fun this weekend in Highland Cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!